0: Yes, I'm David M. Green, and welcome once again uh, to Me and Other Famous People. Although it's not actually called that, you have to use my name if you're searching in in iTunes. But I presume you've already found it, so well done. But anyway, this is episode two of, uh, of Me and Other Famous People, where I'll be talking to uh, someone who's a big inspiration for me. It's uh, it's Sean McAuliffe. If you've not heard of Sean McAuliffe before, he's... Uh, been on tv he's a he's a writer he's done all sorts of stuff he's done film he's done he's written some books he's been on radio he's done theater he's a an illustrious career and generally considered I think one of the funniest if not the funniest uh, comedians in Australia and you know I, I don't think there's been anyone else who's inspired me more to be a comedian than Sean McAuliffe I mean I loved, I loved him in Full Frontal back in back in the 90s. Like The McAuliffe program on the ABC, which he won two Logies for, was just fantastic. Um, Welcher and Welcher, he did a sitcom in 2003 on the ABC, like a legal, legal-based legal sitcom. I think is fantastic. Probably one of the funniest sitcoms Australia's ever made. And his uh, 2003 Tonight Show on Channel 9, McAuliffe Tonight. It's brilliant. You can watch those clips on YouTube and they're, they're still hilarious today. And uh, yeah, certainly I've stolen several of his ideas over the years let me let me take you back to august 11 2006 like like with the tony martin interview that was uh, episode one here i was hosting a show called the green room on uh radio adelaide 101.5 fm and i thought uh, you know i just started this show and i thought hey wait a minute now's a great excuse to like send send McAuliffe a letter and, you know, ask if I can actually interview him in real life, which is something I'd wanted to do for, for years. And so I did that, and I didn't get a response. So I sent a second letter, and then I got a response to that one. Um, he may have got both of them at the same time. But anyway, he um, he gave me a call while I was just in a lecture at uni, and I didn't answer it. But then after the lecture, I listened back to my answering machine. And I'm like, oh my God, it's like, <laughs> it's, uh, it's Sean McAuliffe leaving a message on my phone. And so we uh, we did the interview, it was over the phone because he was in Melbourne and I was in Adelaide, and this is, you know, this is the first proper interview that I'd done for radio, like a, you know, with a proper famous person, which is, that's the name of this podcast. Unfortunately, I think the, well I don't think, I know the, the computer actually screwed up at one point, so I think that the interview is something like 30 minutes, but I think we were talking for maybe 45, so there was... There's like the lost 15 minutes of this, which, which I don't have. I can't even remember what he was saying. I think he was talking about dead bodies at one point. Anyway, it's, maybe he'll know. Next time you see him, ask him if he can remember the stuff that, that is not in this interview. i just turned 19 years old. I'm quite young. I'm quite nervous. Uh, here's me and Sean McAuliffe. I'd like to welcome to the green room a very special guest via telephone, Mr. Sean McAuliffe.
1: Thank you very much, David. Very nice to be here. <laughs>
0: Well firstly... I love what
1: you've done with the place?
0: Oh, <laughs> I know you're not here physically, but... Metaphysically,
1: yes, metaphysically, and, and in spirit, because I, I did spend a bit of time at uh, at the uh, studios of. Uh, I assume it's still called Five UV, is it?
0: No, no, it changed its name uh, in 2001 to Radio Adelaide.
1: Oh, okay. Well, then no, that's much better. Five UV was a stupid name. <laughs> I was embarrassed to being on it when it was called that.
0: <laughs> it ch- changed its frequency as well. So
1: really, oh, got it. well, it's, it's completely different then. Well, my memories are n- not applicable.
0: When, when were you when were you involved in uh, student radio? Oh,
1: look, back in the 80s, back when Duran Duran was uh, the top of the hit <laughs> so really, like 19, I'm talking, really like 1980, 81.
0: Oh, okay. So the,
1: before you were born,
0: David. That's right. I was born in 87. So yeah, wow. Well. Actually, the, the studios changed in uh, 1988, I believe. So it's uh, it's a different radio frequency, a different name, and different studios. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I, I don't know why I'm talking to you then. <laughs> no, there's nothing in it for me at all. There's no connection. It used to be on the campus, uh, the radio studio. Oh yes. Yeah, you're quite right.
0: Uh, what exactly was your involvement in uh, student student radio, student media?
1: Uh, well, there was a few of us who used to do university footlights, and uh, part of part of our exuberance uh, extended onto radio. So I think we used to write some radio serials, and uh, there was a chappie by the name of Nick Murray who um, used to he actually started up the comedy channel on. Um, on Fox. Oh, really? Yeah, he used to be um, at Adelaide Uni as well. We, were all, we all seemed to be law students because I think law students had the most amount of time up their sleeve <laughs> in those days. You know, they were like six contact hours a week and tutorials were optional and the ex- exams were all open books. So you didn't really need to spend a lot of time um, studying or, or doing anything actually related to law. So we tended to drift off and do either University Dramatic Society or Footlights and the radio was part of that as well. So through his... Um, arrangement we uh, we sort of popped in the studio and, and and there was a few people i knew who um, who did shows and i used to pop on onto radio so that was my first exposure to the electronic medium of no. entertainment um mainly it was it was review on stage but uh, yes we go and do sketches in the studio as well
0: okay and uh, was francis Greenslade did he go to adelaide university as well
1: he did he was one of the ones that didn't study law though he did french Oh, okay. He did a completely useless course. Although, he, although, oddly enough, he was the first one to actually start working. He, he went off uh, when he finished his... I think he might have even done a master's or a doctorate or something. He's a very smart man, Francis. And uh, yeah, he,
0: se- he seems like a smart man, but he, he you're always his superior, I've noticed, in everything that you've done.
1: Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's wish fulfilment, I think. <laughs> the only way I can be superior to him is in fiction. Um, so, armed with his French degree, he went off and worked in the tax office for a few years. Uh, and we continued to do shows, even even though we'd left university, Francis and myself and a fellow by the name of Gary McCaffrey, who was also a law student.
0: Ah, yes, uh, he worked with you on uh, the McAuliffe program?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we, we all sort of worked together doing cabarets and things on and off campus. And there was a place in Blythe Street called Club Foot, I don't know, just off Hindley Street, I don't know whether that's still there.
0: I'm not sure, I'm not sure.
1: Uh, we used to we used to do shows there during the festival uh, and the festival fringe and, uh, and watch... Uh, with mounting frustration uh, shows like the Gen and the Late show ah. which um we were very envious of because they seemed to we thought we well, you know well how can they get a, a tv show <laughs> we're funnier than them um but uh, of course that was uh, because they were in melbourne and, and probably were f- actually funnier than us anyway but uh, so they had 10 years jump on us and we we went off to our various jobs francis in the tax office and me uh, in a law firm and, and gary um I went off to, man- went off to Tasmania, <laughs> apparently, to manage a, a theatre sports um, franchise over mm-hmm. there. And it took us a long time before we um, eventually ended up doing uh, this sort of stuff on telly. And, and you had to do that really by going to Melbourne. So that's what I did. I moved to Melbourne in about 1994 and uh, to write on a show that Jim Owen was starring in. The
0: Jim Owen Show. Yeah,
1: called The Jim Owen Show, yeah. and, uh, and also Full Frontal as well
0: yeah that's uh, that's where I first uh saw you on television when i was uh, about eight and I was watching full frontal okay I referred to you as that guy with the gray hair
1: yeah that was me yeah <laughs> well I've still got the gray hair it hasn't gone any darker and i'd i'd do um oh, i guess so long ago now uh, David you probably don't remember but I used to do um yeah characters and and uh you know big broad characters or not not too much smart stuff I don't think on full frontal but it is still fondly remembered by people.
0: Well, I recall um, David McGann.
1: Yes, yeah, David McGann. Well, that is, that's sort of me, really. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a character that was character. I don't know, it's me. So it's the sort of thing that we used to do in university, that sort of idiot uh, authority figure.
0: Oh, I, I love that figure. I, I very much pretend to be him uh, in my day-to-day life, not yeah. just on the radio.
1: <laughs> it's reassuring, isn't it? To know, oh, yes. To know that people with authority are probably thinking, oh, my God, I'm... Am I getting away with this? <laughs> and even to a, to a sort of greater extent, I suppose that's what I ended up doing on the ABC sketch show was sort of playing that character, uh, maybe not as much of an idiot all the time, but uh, um, yes, the character that I called by my own name on the McAuliffe program, which is mm. pretty much David McGann mixed in with a bit of you know arrogance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you won two Logies for that show.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. Isn't that amazing? Mm. Um, and of
0: course, you hosted the Logies in 2001. Yeah. Do you think um do you think there's going to be any chance of Channel Nine asking you back to perhaps host it again one day, or is there a bit of tension because of a certain entertaining Tonight Show?
1: <laughs> the death of a certain entertaining Tonight Show. <laughs> Look, I, I I would uh, I don't think I would host it again. I did it once, and yeah, the time you're referring to is 2001. That's I think right. it was. It's was a while ago now, but. And I would have done the next year, but... Um,
0: Wendy Harmer, I believe. Yeah, Wendy
1: Harmer did it. In fact, I was asked to do it, and I said, yeah, I was asked, actually, I wasn't asked to do it, I was asked whether I would consider doing it again. This is by Channel 9, and, and I'd, I'd said, yeah, sure, if, you know, for 2002, that'd be fine. But they asked Wendy instead, and uh, that was fine, and uh, and I think it's unfortunately sort of spoiled it a little bit for comedians actually hosting it.
0: hmm I, I I didn't watch it but I've heard that she wasn't that well received.
1: Yeah, it wasn't a very wasn't a very sympathetic crowd. I was there that night. It was pretty pretty horrible to sit there and watch it. I must say um um and I don't reckon she was any better or worse than anybody else who's hosted. I just think for some reason the audience took a ginner and uh I don't know why that is. Um but it's a pretty tough room, you know. There's mm. there's a lot of people that that are there to be seen and if the camera's not on them then they just either leave or they just sit there muttering away I don't, I, I don't actually find it terribly entertaining to watch I must say the Logies I don't I don't like really watching it at home on telly and I don't like really being there <laughs> uh, so, so I tend to avoid it if I can.
0: Uh, but you you did like hosting it?
1: Um, oh yeah hosting it was a really good thing only because it was something I hadn't done before and it was such a you know it could have been the death of me really because no one really knew who I was and it was the first Mm -hmm. mainstream exposure I'd had for a while I mean I'd done I'd been in Sea Change which was quite a popular series uh, on the ABC at least until I appeared
0: (laughs) you you often joke about your acting skills in that but I thought you were actually quite good
1: oh thank you well it's sort of probably another version of David McGann (laughs) slightly more real but um, yeah it was was, most people would have been scratching their head going who's this dude who we don't know hosting it and it was fun because doing that and it's fun that's why I did the Tonight Show on Channel 9 because uh, it's just sort of fun to go in and muck around with what the expectations are. And and because the logo uses Channel 9, and because tonight's shows are really, you know, you tend to associate it with Channel 9, mm. at least uh, you did at the time I did them, uh, it's sort of fun to play on those. So all I do, really, is just play on expectations and then just pull the rug out from under it, or we'll, we'll myself, as it turned out.
0: Yeah, very uh, anti-establishment.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, maybe. I, I, <laughs> I, I think it's a... Uh, I just think it's more fun to play, play in a you know, if you're going to fall over and act the fool, it's better to do so in, a, in an environment where it's a bit solemn or reverential. You know, it wouldn't be wouldn't be as much fun um, doing the Tonight Show that I did on Nine on the ABC. You know, on the ABC you've got to do something even more bizarre because it's uh, you know there are there are there are no no rules, not as many rules on the ABC, but there seems to be rules at Channel Nine that you can break.
0: Yeah, I um taped 12 out of the 13 episodes. The wow. one, the one uh, week I didn't tape, I was in the snow, and my mum... Uh, I had it all set up, but she she can't use a VCR, so she didn't tape it. She taped Denton by mistake. <laughs> no, she didn't tape anything. Probably better. <laughs> but, um, uh, I I do remember on the last episode, uh, you were short for time. You were going to have a, a Sean on his high horse. So you had material, but you ran out of time, so you couldn't do it. So and But then, of course, it was uh, axed, so... There was all that material that was never actually used.
1: I know we had such a wonderful show prepared for episode fourteen. We had, um, we had, yeah, we had some leftover stuff from that week, the high horse, but we also had, we had the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra playing. Um playing uh, the village people's macho man <laughs> with the chicken. Remember we used to have a, a roast chicken revolt. Oh,
0: the on? chicken parmigiana.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh that's right, the chicken parmigiana. <laughs> uh, we were gonna have you know, the, the variation on it was that the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra and I think we had a we had a classical pianist who was going to help us as well. He'd been on the show previously.
0: Oh uh, yes, I remember him. Stump the classical pianist.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was gonna come on and, and, and play with it as well and it was and it would have been it would have been hilarious and they were all teed up and I remember when they rang through to cancel the show. I said, "Oh, well, at least we've got one more show. We can say goodbye and everything, and round it off." And then nah. <laughs>
0: they didn't trust you.
1: <laughs> nah, nah. well, I the, yeah, they wouldn't, I guess, cuz it's a live show and, and mm. I think they'd given me enough trust and I guess I hadn't really really um, <laughs> hadn't really uh, served them well in so far as, you know, swearing on air and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yes.
0: so. so, you enjoyed the letters, obviously?
1: <laughs> yes, I did. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Yes, indeed. Did you, did and, you get how a... long there, how long have you been doing the Green Room?
0: Uh, mm, five weeks now. Oh, right, okay. But, so it's fairly new, but I did another show before that. Uh, compared to the other people here, I'm pretty much a new guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, you know, yes, you you seem a young you seem a young lad, <laughs> which is good. You don't want to be wearing, wearing cardigans and going grey. <laughs>
0: Do
1: you get a lot of letters? Um, I get, uh, I, yeah, I get a few. I get a few still, you know, which is pretty good given I haven't been doing anything for a few years now oh, except for uh, I think I suppose I mean I'm, I'm speaking in terms of television I suppose the um thank god you're here oh yes of course yeah, yeah
0: very funny uh the the one where you were a politician
1: oh yeah the last, yeah the one of the last one of the series yeah that was uh, that was good fun in fact it was strange because I'd I'd said to um Santo, uh, who used to ask me to be on it, I said, "I said oh, I'll just do two, you know, of the of the um, series." And he said, "Oh, well, that's fine, you know. We'd like you to do more, but if you only want to do two, that's fine." And then, I, and then they started going to air, and I saw the the first one. I thought, "Oh, you know, that looks, looks like so much fun." So I rang him up again. I said, "Oh, you know, if you need me to do another one, that's fine." He said, "Well, there's they're all full, all the positions, and I think they got rid of somebody who was going to be in the finale, oh. to make room for me, and I've never found out who it was. So I hope he, you know, I hope he hasn't killed anybody." But <laughs> but it was very nice of him to make room. Although they had five, so maybe they just maybe they just made up another position for me. So that was very nice.
0: I, th- I think you were pretty much born to play that role of the politician.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes, the bullshitting politician. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, it's a fun show to do, and, and literally, um, you don't know, you, you don't know what's going to happen it's
0: all impromptu
1: yeah yeah which is good because people say oh you know does it make you nervous well it actually doesn't make you nervous I think I get, tend to get nervous if you've, if you've got lines that you're supposed to have learnt and you've got marks that you're supposed to hit as you're, um, you're wandering around a set I, that's when I tend to, to muck around uh, muck up rather and, uh, but to actually just go on and, and jump off the cliff I suppose is really liberating it's great it's, uh, we used to do theatre sports in Adelaide years ago um, and it's a bit like that except um you know, funnier and not as tedious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, are there any projects you're working on at the moment um, that we can expect to hear or see you in any time um, in the foreseeable future?
1: Yeah, well, I did a I did a, uh, with Gary McCaffrey, who we mentioned earlier, oh, I it's... wrote a, a thing with him called Blackjack, which starred Colin Freels, which is a, it's a teller movie that was on a couple of years ago. That's right. That's There's right. been a number of um, uh, other movies that have followed using the same characters, which I've had only uh, sort of producers uh, role in, you know, sort of, Making a s- contribution of uh, you know suggestions every now and again, um, uh, but I wrote I wrote one recently, so that's going to be on air this year. So that, that's a like, but it's not a comedy. That's a serious telemovie, mm. which I've managed to rather cunningly write myself in. <laughs> so I do have a role. I, oh. ro- I do get to play scenes with Colin Frills, which is a you know will, will help enormously when I put my show reel together. Make me look like a real actor. <laughs> um, other things, um,
0: perhaps, yeah, perhaps another a- perhaps another series of Welcher and Welcher.
1: Well, I would have liked to have done one, but I don't think the ABC liked it very much. But they weren't alone. I <laughs> think quite a few people didn't like that series. Uh, so no, unfortunately, there won't be any more work and Welcher. I would have liked to have done it, because I think, I think I worked out what, I, what I, how I could improve it. But, I,
0: I thought it was really, the last couple of episodes, really sort of getting into it. Yeah, really sort of getting comfortable.
1: Yeah, thank you. I thought it cranked up. I, I thought the first couple were pretty crap, to be perfectly honest. But yeah, well, I think we worked out what we were doing, and then... Uh, Uh, unfortunately, by the 8th. And we were getting quite nice reviews by the end, but um, by that time, uh, you know, they'd moved on to other things. And and you can't really complain about Kath and Kim and and Chris Lilly shows, those are excellent. So Mm. while the money's a bit tight and they can only make a couple of things a year, uh, I suppose better that they beat good shows like those two than, uh, you know, some dud ones.
0: Sean, Sean, you and I I go way back. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but we actually, we've, we've met in person once before.
1: David uh, remind me when was this? Oh
0: it was uh, it was uh, 2004 when you came to Sacred Heart College here in Adelaide and uh, you you were a guest speaker.
1: I was yes I remember this. Did did you give me the cheese, did you?
0: No. No that was that was a a friend of mine called Hayden. Uh-huh. I, I actually I actually told him to say that. <laughs> that was like the, my first thing that I ever wrote that was presented. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well, yeah, we, we offered to give you a wheel of brie, but we didn't actually have any brie <laughs> to give you.
1: No, it was a bottle of a fine bottle of Sacrehawelle College wine.
0: That, that's right, that's right.
1: Oh, no, well, the, the, uh, um, I know. Well, I'm reasonably sure that's been consumed now. Uh, yeah, that was a good good day, I remember, coming down with my boy down to Heart. Oh,
0: that's right. Yeah. No, I remember that day, I was um in the morning, I was in the library, and uh, I, I saw a, a brown-haired man wandering around outside... Uh, near the church, and I thought, is that... No, no, he's got brown hair, I can't be sure, Macaulay. but of no, course no. it was you.
1: <laughs> oh, God, it looked awful. I, I had that done for the uh, for a film called The Extra, which was one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life, but uh, yes, I was I was still uh, having that growing out, so it must have looked dreadful.
0: I've heard that uh, the name of that film, The Extra, I've seen it around... Scattered around the internet But I've never actually seen it Or anything. I've never actually heard anything about it
1: It was one of those ones Where they knew after the opening weekend That it was going to die in the arse And I think they pulled it off the screens But it was I think you could probably Get it in a video shop Not that I'd recommend you take it out But it's, it's definitely in the It's in one of those weekly bins I think <laughs> uh, Yes, it'll probably disappear very shortly as, as does most of my film work, I must say.
0: Well, you had um, The Honourable Wally Norman, which was, okay. I thought was very good.
1: Oh, thank you, yeah. Well, again, that was another one that died a death, but it's very hard getting films up uh, and, and running uh, uh, these days, unfortunately. I suppose they just need to be funnier. Oh, yeah. But, uh, David, it was nice to have met you back then.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you signed my McAuliffe program video.
1: Oh, excellent. All yeah. right. And I hope you've purchased the, uh, the most recent one, the rip off one.
0: The, the DVDs of...
1: Uh... Yeah, the DVD, the... Um... The first, I think, since we've met, at least the first series has come out as well as the third series.
0: I have um, season two. Uh, I haven't, haven't got around to buying the other ones.
1: Oh, I see. Oh, the other ones are, other ones are containing everything else.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's on my to-do list. There you go. But the the reason I brought up that meeting was uh, I'd actually, I actually like to apologise for my behaviour that day. I feel I was somewhat of a crazed fan.
1: Oh, not at all, David. Not at all? Oh. I don't recall you being crazed. I expect a certain level of crazed from you know people I meet. So. Oh,
0: what about that time I ran naked through the quadrangle?
1: Oh yeah, we well, you know. I thought that was a bit uh, just a tad much, you know. But oh, yeah. I appreciated the gesture.
0: <laughs> well, uh, have you have you had any other encounters with um some fans? Uh,
1: look, you know, people are generally pretty good. I. I I tend to get approached uh, by people who like, you know, stuff that I've done, which is nice, you know, and they just have a chat, and uh, occasionally I do in-store signings of the DVDs, which is not something, I, and also I had a book out too, so I got to meet people who enjoyed the TV work, and uh, and uh, yeah, they come up and say they enjoy a particular sketch, or I think when you make someone laugh, particularly when they're young, uh, you know, like in Full Front, or like a as you say it's nice. a while ago now but if people are now you know 18, 19, 20 and they come up and and uh, and remember how much they laughed at whoever it was Milo Kerrigan or whatever <laughs> it's quite it's quite touching and I, I, the same thing with me you know I, I still remember with fondness anyone who I laughed at when I was young and I just think there's a, there's a sort of nice emotional and a healthy response you know to that sort of um, to that sort of connection so um, in terms of people being crazy I think I think only only once I think I've had a bit of a I had a little bit of a stalking problem David with somebody who was a bit bit obsessive and uh, that wasn't me was it it wasn't you. I know oh, I draw the line I, I draw the line pretty low now this per- this person was sort of um, you know quite quite obsessed and oh uh, uh it wasn't you David I'm <laughs> you. I'm you. I wouldn't know We've we've had the you know the detectives onto it uh, which which was dealt with quite quite amicably I think and uh um, but that, it's not so much about. I think with those sorts of people, it's probably not so much about you as the, uh, as as whatever their problems are, you know. So, um, but even then, you know, even it's quite a nice stalker, you know, quite a pleasant person. who I'm sure. Well, it's nice to be liked. It's nice to be liked. <laughs> that's right. But you don't you don't want them, you know, coming over the house.
0: Oh yeah, that would, yeah, that's obviously. you you got to draw the line, <laughs> that's like that's you said. Hi,
1: right. oh, yeah, nice to see you again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, there's been a lot of uh, sort of short-lived tonight shows in recent years. There was a uh, there was yours. There was Let Loose Live. That was another one. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, that was a, that was a uh, yeah interesting experiment. I. I actually thought between the, there's only two apps, but I thought between the first and the second it was really, the second one was much better than the first one, and I thought, oh, well if it, increa- if it improves at this rate, it'll be quite interesting it'll be a bit like Saturday Night Live, you know
0: mm. They didn't really give it much of a chance, I no, thought
1: No, I I was a bit disappointed I think everybody was a bit disappointed with just the way it was treated, you know, leaving mm. aside what the show was and to give it only two, two weeks is bizarre but I guess they do their sums, you know, it's all questions of economics. You know, they can tell when, when a film comes out. They can check by its first weekend how it's going to do, and they, you know, they unbook theatres accordingly. So yeah. it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, if you pull, pull the show out and you pay out whatever they paid to pay out, I guess they worked out that it was going to not cost them as much. Something similar happened with um Channel 10 recently. There was a reality show, wasn't there? Oh, Yasmin's getting married. Yeah, they got yanked yeah. Uh, uh, because the sampling, you know, the people tuning in just to see what it was like oh, yes. were way too low, so they just knew that it would never be successful.
0: It's a shame about that. Uh, that, that was plagued with um, problems from day one. through what was to that, the Let Loose Live? Oh, no, Yasmin's getting married. Oh, did you, did you watch it? No, I never watched it. Oh, OK. Um, but, um... Problems.
1: See, da- David, you're probably there exactly the dem- demographic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. And I reckon, I reckon they worked it out. They said that blokes just weren't interested in it at all.
0: For uh, some um, reason. Yeah, I'm not really I'm not really much of a fan of reality uh TV. I'd I'd much rather watch a sitcom.
1: Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, there's not there's a lot of that other stuff around. Uh much to the much to the chagrin of uh you know, people who want to make sitcoms.
0: Yeah. You you're very popular amongst the nation's students. Uh but we wacky students, we've got a bit of a problem with the government introducing uh voluntary student unionism or VSU as you've no doubt heard.
1: Yeah, no, I do. I, I um I I remember writing an open letter to um, Brendan Nelson about that a couple of years ago. I might have actually peed in the now defunct Empire Times.
0: That's that's right. I do recall reading that.
1: I remember there was worry that the Empire Times would go as a result of this, and in fact, uh, it, it's quite sad to. That's right. Yeah. It has.
0: I, I used to be. Um, I used to write uh, for the Empire Times, and then earlier this year I was a sub editor. Right. And um, yeah, the, the the it's folded up. Yeah. It, as newspapers do. But...
1: No, it's appalling, <laughs> and and really look because I you know then going back to when I went to university uh, we had Ondi and. Brent oh. Circuses were two publications that I contributed to both of those, and and the ability to be able to you know reach an audience through print, uh, particularly you know within the cloistered halls of whichever university you're at, is quite important you know because not everybody can take to the stage and and talk to a, a paying audience. I mean you've got to, mm. and that's why the radio station you're on is so valuable, and, uh, and the the fact that it's under threat is uh, um, appalling. You know if that goes as well.
0: Uh, yeah, but we won't. We won't have any student media at Flinders University.
1: No, no. And uh, and how do you how do you, you know, gauge the zeitgeist? And how do you how do you speak to each other en masse, You know, it's I I can't I can't quite work out. I assume that they just simply don't value that, or they undervalue uh, radio and print within the university. You know, I can't believe that they'd sit down and go, "Hey, you know, they're going to be a lot easier to manage if we get rid of these things." I just hope it's not that. I hope it's not that.
0: Mm. Well, um, it, the the future of student radio is a bit hazy. We're actually, we're very lucky to even be here at the moment, talking to each other, because uh, late last year it really looked like it was gonna it was gonna be the end. I wasn't involved in student radio then, but I've been told by people who were yeah. that um, I don't know how they did it, but they somehow managed to get funding for this year. But uh, in these tough times, Sean, does Student Radio have your support?
1: It does indeed, David. It has my unqualified support. And anything I can do to help, whether it be uh, an interview or, um, or if, if, if I'm over, because I'm often over, uh, in, uh, and I'll speak to, uh, to Adam about this, if I can come over and uh, come in and have a chat, I'd be m- more than helpful.
0: Oh, we'd, lo- we'd love you to do that.
1: Yeah. That would be amazing. That would be fantastic. i dig out the old scripts, the old tapes, and you can play them. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs>
0: Thank you very much for appearing here on The Green Room on Flinders University.
1: It's been a pleasure. Room. I have enjoyed The Green Room enormously. Oh,
0: thank you. Oh, of course, you've been in many green rooms, uh
1: I have in my last year's career, but this is by far the greenest of the room.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. That's uh, That was me with Sean McAuliffe on the 11th of August 2006. That was the first time I interviewed him. I uh, did actually get to interview him a second time in 2010, but that wasn't a radio interview. That was uh, for a magazine article. But you can read the whole transcript if you're interested. Uh, it's on my website. Just go to davidmgreen.com, and uh, if you click on the interview tab at the top there... It's, uh, it's under Sean McAuliffe 2. So it was the second interview I did with him. That was quite good. And uh, we took some photos of that uh, interview as well. And I'm quite disappointed because I, I just looked on Wikipedia there to check to see if it's still there. But for, it's not. But for about two years, um, the picture of Sean on his Wikipedia page was a picture of me and him. And I'd deliberately chosen the absolute worst picture that I had from that session. It was out of focus uh, you could only see the back of my head and Sean had his eyes closed and his hand in front of his face because he was like talking. I figured I figured that was appropriate but it's not there anymore. I'm checking the dates. A new picture was put up on the uh, 25th of July 2012 which is about the same time Mad as Hell started which was his uh, ABC sort of topical news comedy show. I figure someone at the ABC probably fixed that up. Good on him because someone has to do that usually my Wikipedia vandalisms don't last 24 hours let alone 2 years oh and uh, just one more thing I'll, I'll, end, I'll end with this this is interesting after, after I did the interview with, with Sean back in 2006 I got him to record a, just a quick ID for the station like I did with, with Tony Martin um, and, and Sean recorded the thing it went for about 30 seconds and uh, well, actually I have it here why don't we have a listen this is the ID that he recorded.
1: Hi, I'm Sean McAuliffe, and uh, I used to be on community radio in, in South Australia, and I, I, I support it unreservedly. And uh, just in case you've been, you know, fiddling around with the dial and you don't know quite where you are, I, let me pause now just to point out that you are listening to Australia's number one uh, community radio station, Radio Adelaide. That is 101.5. 101.5, if it's uh, if you're just on 101. like three, it's probably a little blurry and you need to move the dial just a smidge so that it gets to 0.5. All right, thank you, and uh, here's uh, more of the program you were listening to
0: previously. So there you go. All I did was cut out a couple of breaths, I think. And um, without my knowledge, this this ID was submitted to the uh, 2007 South Australian Community Broadcasting Awards, uh, the Bilbies, as they're affectionately known. And uh, it won for Best Station ID, and no one actually told me. The only way I found out was uh, someone else walked into the radio station... I think the next year and noticed that my name was on a, an award that was hanging in the foyer and you know, I shouldn't have even won it because it's not even me I mean, really it's, it's just another award for Sean I mean he deserves them. so I mean that's great that's the only award I've ever won for radio or anything like that but um, what's interesting is that I went back to Radio Adelaide a few weeks ago to, to do an interview with, with someone uh, with this time me being the interviewee and I'm looking for my award, and it's not there. You can see awards from the 80s right up to 2006. And then there's like a space where where mine would be. And then they sort of continue from 2008. So I'm not sure what happened. I'm sure there's no one there who bears any ill will towards me. But, I mean, if you have seen my award, if you want to send me a tweet or something, you know, David underscore M underscore Green, or email me, I, I don't know. But, let me know, because I'd be interested to know where it is. You know, re- am I that interested? Oh, I don't know. But what is Sean doing now? He's got a new show on Channel 10 called Mr. and Mrs. Murder. Got uh, Sean McAuliffe and Kat Stewart. And it's about, I don't know what it's about, but look out for that. I believe it's a dramedy. I hate that word. It's, it's a drama with, with, with comedy in it. I just say it's a drama, really. It's either drama or comedy. No dramedy. What the hell's that? Who came up with that? Anyway, check that out. Okay, well, I think I will leave it there, but I'll be back with episode three with an interview with somebody I haven't decided yet. And also, uh, it's not just old interviews from six years ago that I'm putting up here. I've got some new ones planned as well, so look out for those. But until then, I'm David M. Green, and that, that's fame. Turn tape over.